0: Hear us through your AirPods or see us on your laptop. How about meeting us in real life? Because we're taking queer money on the road this summer and fall. Visit queermoneypodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player to find out when we'll be in your neighborhood. Are you scared? Does the thought of four years with the current administration have you filled with fear? How do we act when we're in fear? We take one of two actions. We either take flight and run or we stay and fight which will you do? What can you do? That's the topic of this week's Queer Money. What can you do? What will you do? We also have a challenge for you, one that John and I are going to take. Will you join us? There's personal finance for the masses. This is not personal finance for the masses.
1: Okay, let's see if this card goes through for that $8,000 drink. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody wants to be a part of the in crowd. Everybody wants to look good my my decision was i'm not a
0: victim i'm not going to stay and work someplace where this is a problem normally we don't drink on queer money but because we're talking about a subject that david is rather vanilla on
1: (laughs) uh... grab a glass of wine because you're listening to queer money with the Debt free guys this is the only show helping our community do more and be more by talking about money from the queer perspective
0: All right, we hope you have a glass of wine, because we do for this topic. We have two. We actually have two. One
1: each. (laughs) We share lots of things, but not our wine.
0: (laughs) So this week I wanted to start off this podcast with a quote from Dr. Martin Luther King. And it says, if you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. But whatever you do, you have to keep moving forward. So.
1: We have 1,447 days until the next inauguration, (laughs) which may or may not mean that we have a new president. (laughs) Right. So this discussion is about the trump apocalypse. I don't know if it's too soon to call it that or if um, we have all experienced enough to define it that way. (laughs) Right. But uh, what we wanted to talk about today was, you know, The fight for queer people didn't stop when Trump was inaugurated. It didn't stop when he was elected. It didn't stop when same-sex marriage passed, became legal across the land in June of 2015. So for all intents and purposes, our challenges continue. And David and I want to talk about our message that in order to have a strong queer community, we must have financially strong, queer individuals, and queer allies. Right.
0: One of the things that we repeat over and over again, whether it's on this podcast, in our blog posts, in the work that we've done for Yahoo Finance, Business Insider, Huffington Post, one of the things that we continue to say over and over again is that there are distractions out there that will distract us as a queer community. And one of the things that we can eliminate as a distraction is our financial stress. If we have debt, we've taken on too much of of a mortgage, we have student loans, we have consumer debt, those are the kinds of things that can easily distract us from being able to put forth the time and energy and money towards continuing our fight as a queer community to support I I will say that coming from the place that I'm at, um, I am a white gay male and I do realize that I do have privileges today. And those privileges are privileges because so many people have fought and in some cases given their lives so that I can have the privileges that I have today. And I cannot and will not allow distractions to keep me from supporting and fighting for the privileges of those people who don't have those privileges today. For our trans brothers and sisters, for individuals who are in even more marginalized communities, I must continue to fight for that. And that's part of the reason why we continue to carry this message forward of of queer money is our obligation and our right and our responsibility as a community to make sure that this fight continues.
1: Right. So our message ongoing and today is not one of victimhood, not one of defeatism. It's one of opportunity. It's one of progress. It's one of moving forward and to, to that end you know I, 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 on january 2nd we published an article on debtfreeguys.com titled um the number one way we can help the queer community in 2017. and it was about it was basically a text version of this message that that in order to have a um, strong queer community a, a major pillar of that is to have financially strong individuals and allies so that we can continue to fight the fight for equality monetarily and with and with boots on the ground. We shared that on Facebook and um, we received some trolling. And I think that the person who trolled us simply scrolled to the very bottom of the article to see what the summary was and didn't actually look at the meat. And so Matthew Douglas commented on Facebook on our article that we shared. Um, that pretty much was about what we're going to talk about on this on this podcast today. He said, hey, I would appreciate it if you would not share posts that are not, quote, community, end quote, topics, but rather marketing to the gay community. The advice herein is standard financial advice that isn't about anything to do with gay topics or platforms, etc. To exploit the gay community is uh, crass and fuck you for doing it. And, well, that's not what we're doing. Uh... Uh, and while we, this is our business and we do make money doing it the only way that we can continue to do this is if we make money because we don't live for free and the message is not that our the financial advice or the fundamentals of finances are different because we're queer because we're of a different race because of any other anomaly or or, or or difference that you can think of, the fundamentals are always the same. The risks and the opportunities are what's different. And while we all need to have emergency savings accounts, while we all need to minimize the amount of debt, preferably have zero debt, while we all need to uh, manage our credit scores, and while we all need to try to save for retirement and save for uh, the future. That's 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 the same across the board. That applies right. to everyone. Right. Besides the point. It doesn't care what your gender, your sexual orientation is, you know, any of that. What what it is 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 the risks. And if, and if we are distracted by debt, if we care more about our $600 jeans than what we have in our emergency savings account, If we are worried about paying off our student loans and are financially distracted and emotionally distracted from being able to fund the fight for equality, to be able to fight at the state level against trans trans discriminatory laws, to be able to fight whatever it is that we presume Trump might impose on the queer community, then all we're doing is hurt hurting ourselves because we say that everything must be different. The fundamentals don't change; it's the risks and the opportunities. And so, while we are saying that we must get our fundamentals in order, the only reason that we're saying that is because we need to take advantage of our risks or 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 thwart our risks and take advantage of our opportunities. Exactly. Yeah, and
0: unlike our straight counterparts, and and what. Uh, I'm sorry. What was Matthew Michael, was saying? Matthew Douglas. What Matthew was saying is that that we shouldn't call out our differences of being gay as the reason for our finances or our financial differences. What we are saying is that, unlike our straight counterparts, our queer community is still fighting for equal rights, whether it's at the federal level or at the state level. That our fight for equality not only takes feet on the ground but it also takes dollars. We know that there are allies in our community and there are allies for our community at the political level and at the business level that listen to the dollars that we spend. And we feel that it is in the best interest of our community to be financially sound so that we can continue to fund that fight. We can put our money to To those individuals who are working towards our betterment. Those individuals who are and I I don't care what side of the I don't care what side of the aisle they are on. If they are working towards making our queer community stronger, we can support them. I don't care. What that business is, if that business supports us, whether it's Chevy as an automaker or Subaru as an automaker, or if it's Coors because they like to put a gay couple in their advertisements, or it's Mass Mutual that funds commercials or videos that they put out on YouTube uh, that show the value of having strong queer couples get married. Uh, it those are the companies that need to be supported by our community because those are the kinds of companies and individuals that can only make us as a community stronger.
1: Absolutely. you know, And the fundamentals, the statistics don't lie. I mean, what inspired that article and what has predominantly inspired our, our message overall has been that statistics show that gay and lesbian couples tend to earn more money than straight couples, on average. Mm-hmm. There are anomalies. And that only 20% of the LGBT population have children. And the cost of having a child, as per the USDA in 2016, what from zero to the age of 18, not including college, was about $245,000. So while gay couples and lesbian couples... Tend to earn money, more money than our straight counterparts, and fewer of, fewer of us have children. That cost each two hundred forty-five thousand dollars alone to to raise to the age of eighteen. We, on average, the queer community, only have six thousand dollars more in savings than our straight counterparts. Right. And our message is that that's inexcusable, because that only distracts us from our. What's in our best interest, not only individually, but us as a community. So, now that we've kind of lectured for a little bit, what you know, let's talk a little yeah, bit about what what we can do to to con- to continue that fight. What is the purpose of um, uh, of those dollars or the liberation of debt, um, so that we can continue to to fight the fight for equality, whether Trump turns out to be as bad or as Good as we expect.
0: Right. It makes me think back to 2000 and 2004 when George Bush was elected, and in that space of time period between 2000 and 2008, there was massive effort going on in our community to make things happen, to make things better, and that's the important message that we need to remember about those people who came before us ten years ago. 15 years ago, 20 years ago, those people didn't say, oh, well, it's all over. No, it's not all over. We can continue to do things. We can continue to fight. So what are some of the things that we can and should be doing? Well, one of the things that we can and should be doing in the political arena arena is looking forward two years. What's going to happen two years from now? What are some of the midterm elections that are coming? What can we do to help shift the tide? back in our favor especially with elected officials well we want to look for those local organizations those local groups that are helping to support changing things not just nationally but especially locally you know we don't want to automatically exclude parties there are some allies of ours that are on the other side. I think about here in Colorado, we had allies that helped overturn the laws that made civil unions possible, and they were on the Republican side. So we need to remember that it's important for us during the term elections to get out there and do what we can to help make some change. And that those changes can start happening now. Let's start looking for those people that we can support.
1: Right, you know, I, I think since 2008 democrats have slowly lost local seats and governorships state by state and that has made the republicans stronger and the democrats weaker and you know in in theory that makes the fight for our cause weaker mm-hmm. so we need to we need to we need to fight we need to think locally i think oftentimes our community and I blame some of the media for this because that's kind of all they cover. But our community often doesn't see the f- trees because we're all focused on the forest. But it's the trees that we need to focus on sometimes to be able to get. It's one election at a time. So And it's one representative at a time. And we need to, and, and not only does that help us locally, but that also helps prepare local individuals for higher office. And if those if we if we don't get the people in lower office positions that are gonna fight for us, then they're never gonna be prepared and be able to, to be in the higher office where they might have a bigger impact.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I agree with you. Yeah. The other thing that we can do is we can be vocal. We know that we have two at least two years of time. We can be vocal with those individuals who are in office today. Anyone who has said that they will support our queer community and they do anything that is against that, we need to call them out. And anyone who is an elected official who is not doing something that is supportive of our queer community, we need to call them out and figure out how we can persuade them to do something different.
1: Right. And we need to, that has to be a bipartisan approach. We can't just say the Republicans aren't doing what we want them to do. We need to say to the Democrats that when they're not doing what we want them to do, or when they do something that we don't want them to do, we need to call them out just as much if not louder than we would the other party.
0: Exactly. And I, I, it makes me think of as, soon, as little as five years ago, maybe 10 years ago, there were plenty of Democrats who would not have been supportive of our queer community and they have changed. So we have to work hard to try to win those hearts and minds of individuals who are still, needing to be changed.
1: Well, right. And I think to to kind of go back to the, to to the thinking locally thing, it, it all comes down to that Harvey Milk quote where he said, it's, we need to, it's, it's one person at a time. We need to talk with people. We need to come out with people. We need to tell them our story because when you, when somebody who is otherwise your enemy knows you and understands you, they're more inclined to think better of you and then think better of the entire community. So focus locally. Trump may or may not have an impact on your life. At the end of the day, he's only got so much powers. And the most power he has with the pen that can be completely erased with the, the eraser of the next president. It's the, the laws that will become better for us, that will become stronger for us, are the laws that start locally and then become national.
0: Right. And. When we think about those local changes, there are so many that still need to be made. 28 states that don't have workforce protections for someone who is queer, and especially trans individuals, 36 states don't have protections. Those kinds of things mean something to us every day. If you cannot walk into work and do your job and feel safe and comfortable, then do something about it start working with those local organizations and for those of us who are in those states that do have those protections we need to continue to show that this is important and support those companies that do that in states that don't have those protections and ask those companies to reach out to those elected officials in those states and try to change those things and look for those organizations on the ground in states like Arkansas and Kansas and Missouri and Oklahoma and Texas and all of those states that don't have those workforce protections. Find those organizations and ask them, is there something that we can do?
1: Yeah, I, I think my message to that topic is to those who live in those 28 states where they can fire, be fired simply for being LGBT um, or who um, don't live in the 14 states that have any sort of workplace protections for trans individuals, I would ask them to please, if they can muster up the courage, to please stand up for themselves. However, for those in the queer community who live in the parentheses states or those who are in for, fortunate enough to live in states where they have... Um, much more security, I expect those people to stand up and fight for those who live in the middle of the country. Right. It's it's we can't forget that every LGBT person does not live in California and New York. We are all over the country. Yeah. And we need to we need to remember that that if the more that we have, the more opportunity that we have, the more responsibility that we have. And we must fight for those of our brothers and sisters who live in this in the center of the country. And on a more global scale, we need to fight for those who live in other countries who don't have the same rights and protections. um,
0: I'm also reminded of some of the memes and some of the comments that went around the internet, especially on Facebook shortly after the election results came in. And they said, well, let's just lop off states like Kansas and Missouri and Colorado and Texas and Arkansas, and let's just throw them away because we don't need them. We need to remember that there are hundreds of thousands of our brothers and sisters who are struggling in those states to live a life of authenticity, to live a life of happiness and joy and love, and being able to share that with the person that they love we don't want to throw those people away. Those people are valuable members of our community, so let's do what we can. Let's not disparage them by just lopping off their state and throwing it away because the majority in their state actually ruled.
1: Right, exactly. And you know, a lot of those center states provide a lot of um, benefits to the rest of the country. I mean, I don't know about a whole lot of farming going on in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is true. I know. <laughs> Uh, there's a lot of farming going on in California, but not in the not in the counties that um, voted for Hillary Clinton. Right. So we need to remember that a lot of the the what we call the the center states um, help feed us and they provide a lot of manufacturing that gives us the quality of life that we have. So our brothers and sisters, our LGBT brothers and sisters, work in those industries, and we need to appreciate and fight for them as much as we are asking them to please um, muster up the courage to fight for themselves.
0: Right. So another thing that we can do to make that happen is to do what we can at work I'm fortunate enough to work for a company that does provide workplace place benefits and protections but I also work for a company that has offices in states that are on that list of 28 states that don't provide protections and so one of the things that we can do in our workplace is to participate in and if you your company doesn't have Start an employer resource group for your queer brothers and sisters. Um, Having a pride group or a uh, um, an LGBTQ group, having a queer group at work, is often started as a social for its social aspects, but it can be a powerful leader in making inroads through into those states by having your company be a signer on a bill that says, we need workforce protections for our employees. Com- companies, big companies, I think of Mass Mutual was a perfect example of this. They signed.
1: They were a first signer.
0: Right. For the protections and for the, um, the push for marriage equality, they did that. And it's because they have employees in their company that said, this is important to us. So unless our our business leaders, who may not be a part of our queer community, our business leaders are hearing us saying, hey, this is important to us as employees, they won't be saying that to their elected officials in their state saying, this is important to us because our employees are important to us.
1: Right. I think. I think... Our employers are, are a great opportunity. They're a great resource for us. Whether they are currently or in the future an ally for us that they know, I think oftentimes as individuals we say, well, who am I as an individual? How can I make change? I don't have that much money or I have no money at all. What, what kind of change can I make? If you are If you have a job, you are a valuable resource to your employer. And if you take advantage of that and can motivate and incent your employer to become an advocate for our community, whether they're a 10 office company or 10 person company or a 10,000 person company, if you can incent your employer to, to, to engage and to support our community at a local level and in some cases at a national level, that is a great opportunity. That's a great resource for you to say, to take, to turn, what can I do as me and turn into what can I do as we? Exactly.
0: So there's a few other things that we feel is uh, that are great opportunities or things that we can do. Um, there are a lot of local organizations that are fighting the fight for equality. And those organizations do need, besides financial support, they do need human bodies. They need, they need physical support or or support from us. So can you be, take the time to be a phone bank uh, representative to call your elected officials or call people in, in, call their constituents and encourage them to contact their elected officials? Is there something that we can do to support them at pride events? Are there, is there work that they're doing in the schools to help educate the youth about the importance of equality? How can we get involved with those local organizations? That's vital aspect of uh, that grassroots effort of making changes in our community.
1: Yeah, it, it is a vital aspect and I think that <laughs> what, what last year you and I went um, to help one Colorado fight the, um, the gender identity bill for birth certificates mm-hmm. to allow trans people to include on their birth certificate the gender de- the gender with which they identify, not what they were assigned at birth. And David and I did, um, we were part of a phone bank, mm-hmm. how you call it? And we were very scared at first. We got there <laughs> We got there and, and it was, even though they told us like, based on our research, the people you're calling are likely Democrats and there is a good chance that they would be supportive of this change in law, Um, We were still very much scared. And I think we each had to have a beer before we let the dialer start dialing. (laughs) But you know, it was actually, we actually had very good conversations. Nobody was, and of course they filtered it through. So this is, this is our one experience, but um, it was actually a much better experience than we expected. And we had a lot of great conversations and the reception for the change in that bill with the people that we called was very positive. Unfortunately, that, that, law didn't change last year. But I guarantee you that we are closer to changing that law in the future than we were, had we been, had we not made those calls or had we not had that vote last year. Exactly.
0: And I think here in Colorado, it's it's proof that uh, we have elected officials that actually listened And there were elected officials who changed their mind because of those phone calls. Again, as John mentioned, didn't have enough, but we did, I think that there were one or two individuals who were on the fence who actually decided to vote for that, even though it wasn't in line with what their party or their majority of their party would have agreed with. So it's an opportunity for us to make change.
1: So another way that we can, you know, I talked about this earlier, another way that we can help fight, um, if, you know, if, if giving of our time isn't an option and many of us don't have that option, um, an opportunity may be to be able to fight financially, to be able to give, um, to the charities and organizations that are fighting on our behalf uh, or fighting on the behalf of our brothers and sisters. And so if we have, if we don't have the opportunity of time, or if we have the option of, of, of investing our money into the cause, that therein underscores the need for us to be fiscally taken care of, to take care of our our money, so that we can continue to fight that fight for equality. And that's another way that we can give back.
0: Exactly. And we want to remember that there's lots of different organizations. There's not just those big national organizations that are doing work. There's lots of small organizations that are doing work to do things like bring awareness to or um, create LGBT leaders in the local community. Take teens who are out and who are comfortable being out and who want to take a, make a bigger presence. They're taking those individuals and they're training them, putting them through leadership courses. Those kinds of organizations are building the foundation for our strong community in the future. And if they don't have our financial support, They don't have financial support, then they can't train those kids to be leaders, those teens to be leaders.
1: Yeah. So I know that after the election, you know, I saw a lot of friends posting on Facebook that they were giving to the ACLU and to um, HRC and Planned Parenthood, and I think it's important to remember that those are big organizations, well known, and they get a lot of funding, and I think it's important to, to to fund those organizations. Um, we need to remember that there are smaller organizations at the state level, at the city level, at local level, who are fighting a much more grassroots fight. And I think, for example, there's Urban Peak here in Denver, who or Colorado, who um, is fighting for homeless youth. And 40% of homeless youth in Colorado, as well as nationally, are identified as LGBT. Um, they, are, they are fighting their cause on, on bootstraps. And as well as we also give uh, time and money to One Colorado, they um, are fighting for LGBT youth in Colorado, LGBT adults as well, but they also fight for LGBT youth in Colorado and they have a much tighter budget than say HRC. So I think it's important for us to not, um, well, we must fund the large organizations, we can't forget about the smaller organizations. And again, that speaks to the need for us to be individuals individually financially secure, so we can make sure that those organizations are financially secure. Right. And getting back to this idea
0: of finance and where our money comes from and where our money goes, as a community, I think the last time I saw statistics was in 2015, that we have buying power of roughly near $1 trillion (laughs) as the gay community here in the United States. That's just in the United States, $1 trillion. And so if we spend more of our money in our community like some religious communities do that like some social communities do if we spend more of our money in our community if we put that money back to work in our community then it makes our community stronger so there's so many ways that we can do that there's there there are chambers of commerce in over a hundred gay and lesbian chambers of commerce in over a hundred cities in the United States that draw attention to this these small sometimes sole proprietor individual businesses that are owned by gay people that are doing things for our community and they're the ones who when they do have the capacity they give back to our community so let's spend some time and effort trying to find those companies and in our post that was on Facebook, and in the show notes for this page, we will highlight the National Gay and Lesbian Chamber of Commerce. They have a page where you can look at the you can find businesses that are at the state level or or, or city level that you can support. Find those organizations, find those uh, those businesses, and support them it's a better way of using our money because we know those individuals will support our our queer community whereas some of these large corporations that have been taken to task in some cases over the last number of years we spend our money there but they don't always necessarily support our community so put no. our money to work supporting our
1: community right you know yes the uh, the pink dollar in the US is close to a trillion that's about in 2016 that was about 14% of the disposable income in the US. And that is a lot of power. That has a lot of influence. I mean, 14% of an entire economy is gigantic. And if we use that thoughtfully and strategically, we can have a huge impact on our rights nationally and locally. Um, just for some context, the pink dollar is was estimated in 2016 globally at being at $3.7 trillion. That is massive, and if we can put that to the right place at the right time, we can have a huge positive impact on our community and and our community around the world. It's, it's just a massive opportunity, and that's that speaks to do, to our message that we can't um, be distracted by things that aren't important. We must spend our money smartly. Right. Um. Not that we can't have fun with our money, but we must spend our money smartly.
0: Right. And actually, I, I think what I'll do in this show is I'll challenge you. I'll challenge you to find a way to spend some money. And we don't always necessarily encourage people to, <laughs> to freely spend. But I would challenge you to find a way to spend some money in our community and share that with us. Share with us in our queer community, I'm sorry, queer money group in Facebook, or on the Debt Free Guys wall in Facebook, or you can email us. We'd love to hear how it is that you're spending money in our queer community, and John and I will take that challenge too. In the next couple of weeks... We're going on vacation. We did <laughs> but, not
1: talk about this before. But FYI. in the next <laughs> couple of weeks,
0: this is the wine talking a little bit, but in the next couple of weeks, we will post on Facebook and on Twitter and on uh, on our blog, how it is that we're spending our money in our queer community.
1: Right. So um, you know, I think that all of this underscores what our ultimate mission is. I mean, I, we speak. In a general, to a general audience, we speak to the need for financial responsibility, for, for managing our money well, for being financially independent. But specifically to our own community, to the queer community, there's a much higher need because, like we keep saying over and over again, like we said in that article that got trolled, we are still fighting the fight for equality. And one of the critical components of that is money. That might upset some people, but it's a reality. And at the end of the day, we need to be financially strong and we need to be not financially distracted so that we can continue to fight that fight for equality. Right. And John and
0: I both grew up in a time period when it was not okay to be gay. And we do not... And will not stand for our country lapsing back into a time period where it is not okay for someone to be gay, and the way that that happens is when we don't feel sorry for ourselves because of what has happened, but we take those challenges, we learn from them, we grow from them, and it makes us stronger. And I'm going to end. I began the show with a quote from someone who our community and our country cherishes. I'm going to end it with a quote that people in our community currently do not cherish, but it is a resounding call of action for us. It's a quote from Donald Trump. And this is what he said. He said, when somebody challenges you, fight back, be brutal, be tough. And that's what we're challenging you to do today is to fight back, be brutal and be tough and do that with your finances. Fear can be a great motivator. We hope that you will join us in the challenge to support our community more, as well as channeling your fear into the strength like our LGBT forefathers had that motivated them to fight for a better future.
1: Okay. We just serviced you. Now you get to service us by subscribing to this podcast on iTunes and signing up for the Queer Money Lifestyle newsletter at queer.com. Money. Well, I'm not really gay.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it would help me if I had a personal chef made all my healthy meals for me. Right. So instead I'll have a Snickers tonight for dinner.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> the other end, I like the butts, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh. From Los Angeles, California to Winooski, Vermont, we're taking queer money on the road.